There it is. That's your favorite music to hear during the week, isn't it? It's another episode of The Last Word. Hey, everybody, Laz here coming at you. This week, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. So before we get into the show, let's hit up the sponsor. That's a night to remember. Entertainment, they are the best in the business for your DJ and karaoke needs. All you have to do is go to Facebook, type in the search box at one great DJ. That's at the number one great DJ, and it takes you right to a night to remember's page. Be sure to tell them that you heard about them on the last word, and you'll receive $100 off. All you have to do to get that $100 off is book your show or book your event with a night to remember sometime before the end of February 2021. Your event could happen at any time during the year of 2021. You just have to book it before the end of February, and you will get $100 off. So again, that's a night to remember entertainment. They are the best in the biz, making your next event a night to remember at One Great DJ on Facebook. Well, sad news on February 2nd, as our nation's top law enforcement agency experienced the most tragic and deadliest day in a 35-year span. Two agents were shot and killed, and three others were shot in Sunrise, Florida, located in Broward County. It took place while they were serving a search warrant on the property of David Lee Huber, and this was a result of a child pornography case. Reports say that agents came under fire before they even had a chance to enter the apartment because Huber used the camera on his doorbell to surveil the agents, and the moment they reached the door, he opened fire. Afterwards, he barricaded himself until approximately 9 a.m. that morning, and at that time, the standstill came to an end, and he was found to be deceased. Now, the FBI has not confirmed the manner of his death. However, early unconfirmed reports state he took his own life. In a twist of chilling irony, the last time a fatal shooting occurred of this nature, it was also in South Florida. The very field office that these two fallen heroes worked out of was actually named for the agents that were killed in the line of duty over 30 years ago. I'd like to offer my thoughts and prayers to the family, friends, and co-workers to Special Agent Laura Schwarzenberger, age 43, and Special Agent Daniel Alfin, age 36. May you both rest in peace. You know, I have to tell you, it's so hard to transition out of a story like that. It just never gets easier. The words, they never seem to truly convey the sentiment, or more importantly, the respect that is so well-deserved. Just sad. Sad indeed. Well, turning to politics, has anyone noticed how quiet the libs are right now? It's like crickets.
during the campaign and prior to the election, you couldn't go five minutes without hearing something on the news or seeing a post on social media praising Sleepy Creepy Joe or bashing Trump. What I find even more interesting is now that Joey Boy is in office and arguably making a joke of the presidency in this country around the world, when the libs and the lying lamestream media do put something out there, it's nothing about his accomplishments thus far as POTUS. Primarily because we all know that there are none, but what we do see is more anti-Trump rhetoric. It's all garbage. They supposedly won the White House and both chambers of Congress, and yet they literally have nothing to celebrate. Oh, and speaking of the lying lamestream media, the New York Times published what, in my opinion, can only be described as a way to continue dividing the nation over immigration policies and a hit piece on the proud men and women of ICE, the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency. A judge in the great state of Texas temporarily blocked the divider-in-chief's executive order, which would pause deportations for 100 days. So, following the judge's orders, ICE agents moved a 40-year-old man who was from Cameroon, and he had been seeking asylum. They moved him to a facility in Louisiana and prepared to continue the deportation process. Of course, his lawyer said, quote, this is not what the Biden administration stands for, end quote. Tom Homan, who served as ICE director under President Trump, said, quote, there are people in ICE that agree with Trump's policies, they want to do the job they took an oath to do, end quote. Yeah, imagine that, actually wanting to do the job you were hired to do. What a novel idea. Exactly. Here's another thing I've been wondering about. What happened to the stimulus that Dems promised if they won the Senate and the House elections? Pelosi and top Dems promised a $2,000 stimulus. Well, as per usual, They've walked that back now, and the talk is of $1,400 stimulus. Okay, but will everyone who received the first stimulus payments get this one? Well, it would appear the liar-in-chief has different plans. According to an article in the Wall Street Journal, the president told House Democrats on a call that he is open to a $1,400 payment, but to smaller groups of Americans. So in other words, not only is it not the $2,000 that they promised, they're going to pick and choose who gets it. The article goes on to say that both political parties have questioned whether the $1,400 payments he had proposed would go to people who didn't need the aid. Can you imagine that? Who didn't need the aid? I don't know about you, but I haven't come across one person who received a stimulus that didn't need it in one way or another. However, I have run across people that certainly didn't get it, but that absolutely needed it. Overall, the finalization of the stimulus package and timing of payments will all depend on the Dems, of course, as they are scrambling to approve the entire package without including anyone from the Republican side. Do these people even understand the word unity or bipartisan? I don't think so. Yeah, well, neither do I. In other news, the executive order signer-in-chief has proven that he couldn't care less about taking care of America or Americans. Well, that is, unless you're his own family. Hunter Biden, whose finances are currently under investigation by the Department of Justice, is set to have his book, Beautiful Things, published in April. Well, isn't that convenient? Exactly. The White House press secretary has stated that The president supports his son Hunter's recently announced book, which will be published in April, 
and focus on his history of substance abuse. Jill Biden is quoted as saying, we admire our son Hunter's strength and courage to talk openly about his addiction so that others may see themselves in his journey and find hope. This is a personal book about his own personal journey. Sure, Jill. Is it maybe also a book to help him get through the financial troubles that he's gotten himself into? I mean, the timing isn't suspicious at all. Meanwhile, the president is considering sending out masks to everyone. You know, because you can't find a mask anywhere these days. Are you kidding me? What in the hell is this White House and this president thinking? For the love of God, you can walk into any grocery store, any Walmart, any Target, literally almost any place and find a mask. You can go on social media and see people selling them. There's commercials on TV for all different kinds of masks. But yet, the president thinks that a good use of resources would be to actually send a cloth mask to everybody in the United States. Now, the Trump team had considered this, but then scrapped the plan because they realized that it was dumb and an absolute ridiculous waste of government resources. Which, by the way, whose resources are they? Whose money is that? Yeah, that's right. It's our money, and they're trying to spend it to send you a mask that you can go literally anywhere and get. Welcome to liberal logic, ladies and gentlemen. This is what the liberals and the lying lamestream media wanted in the White House. What a bunch of morons. Speaking of the executive order signer himself, you know, I I received a couple questions and I've heard people ask this as well as I've seen the question posted on social media a couple of times like, Hey, what what is really the difference between an executive order and a law? So I thought I might take a couple seconds to kind of break that down for everybody. If you're really not familiar, the best way that I can explain it is that executive orders or EOs are carried out by the president. Only the president can do that, and he does not need Congress to do it. They can be given um, to federal agencies that the executive branch oversees. For instance, things like the CDC or the Department of Transportation or the Environmental Protection Agency, something like that. So executive orders aren't legislation. The president just has the power to direct um, those departments or those uh, agencies to do basically as he pleases. Now, executive orders cannot, they cannot subject private citizens to any type of restrictions or any type of specific uh, rules, if you will. And they cannot also be used to do things like pass a budget or abolish an act of Congress. Effectively, an executive order is the president saying, this is how I want it done. And this is how we're going to do it. So whereas a law, of course, would require it be introduced as a bill, go through both House of Congress and pass, and then be signed into law by the president. So it's important to understand the difference. However, one of the things that 
people don't understand is that even though an executive order can't put specific restrictions on an individual as a private citizen, the repercussions of an executive order can absolutely affect and reach private citizens. For instance, right now, this administration has stopped an executive order that Trump put in place that put a cap on the price of insulin. Now, it is a temporary stop, but effectively what that stop does is it would allow companies to jack up the price to whatever they want for insulin. That is going to affect families, and that is happening right now, folks. Right now, as nation, people would have to pay more if the company decided that they were going to jack up the price on things like insulin. So if this executive order stop that he has signed right now stays in effect, it will absolutely affect everyone out there who has to use insulin to survive. And that is why these executive orders are so important, and it's why we need to be aware of what he's signing when he's signing it, and how uh, things go down, how it affects us. You know, the fact of the matter is I was talking with someone last night on social media, and we were going back and forth about, well, you know, the the net effect of this, because it's only going to be over a couple of days, is going to be virtually zero. And my argument to that is tell that to someone who needs insulin right now when the price of insulin gets jacked up, and now all of a sudden they can't afford it. And they have to make a decision between purchasing their insulin and paying any other kind of bills or, you know, expenses that they might have. You know, it's just it's not truthful. It's intellectually dishonest to say that they don't have an effect on us. So that is something that I want to make very, very clear here. What this numbskull in the White House does will absolutely have effect, even if he's doing it by executive order. It will affect people, and it already has. Hence the Keystone Pipeline that we talked about last week. Hence the issue with the insulin. Um, I mean, there's a slew of things. The the stoppage of work um, on the border wall. I mean, at this point, I've seen estimates of up to 70,000 people just between those two executive orders that have now either been out of work or are going to be out of work simply because of the stroke of the pen of this idiot. So don't fall for the crap and the rhetoric that the left and the lying lamestream media are going to push on you, that this is normal standard standard operating procedure of every administration that comes into the White House. It's a necessary evil. They put a stop to things for 60 days so that they can review everything. The bottom line is this. The president knew when he took office, this president knew when he took office what these orders were. He knew who was being affected by them. He knew people would be out of work by signing the stoppage of work with the pipeline and with the border wall. He knew it was going to affect the people who are guarding our borders, uh, the Border Patrol, and the men and women who put their lives on the line every day out there um, trying to keep that border as safe as possible. He knew that if he temporarily paused the cap on insulin, prices could skyrocket. He did all of this almost immediately upon taking office without a care for those Americans whose lives would be affected by the stroke of his pen, as I've said. So, Laz Nation, I don't care how you slice it and dice it. At the end of the day... 
The bottom line is the actions that this president has taken amounts to a complete and total dereliction of duty. And in my opinion, it's time we start the impeachment process. My grandfather used to say what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And that's the last word. Well, that's going to bring us to a close for the week. Thank you so much, Laz Nation, for coming back each and every week. Don't forget to check us out on social media, Facebook and Instagram at The Last Word, and Twitter, of course, at The Last Word Pod. You can email the show and reach myself or, of course, our buddy, Balmer Billy, by sending us an email at thelastword at gmail.com. That's thelastword at gmail.com. So keep those emails rolling in, the comments on social media, the likes and the shares. We love it all. As always, I know your time is valuable, and I appreciate you spending a little bit of it with me. God bless everybody. We'll talk to you soon.